Hey, hey you, what are you doing over there? Staring at your wall? It looks like it could use something. I bet I know what it could use. A pet portrait by CQ Works, which is me. All right, guys, I've got an official Facebook page for my pet portraits. You can go check that out. It is Pet Portraits by CQ Works. You go in there. You can also go to my website, calebchoir.com. Order yourself a pet portrait, not just for you, but for your loved ones. Who doesn't love looking at your favorite dog, your favorite cat, favorite chameleon, octopus, fish, octopus? What? <laughs> Either way it goes. Hit me up on Facebook. I would love to paint for you. And if you're interested in other decorations and stickers, my website has that as well. CalebChoir.com Are you looking to improve your health, lose some weight, get in shape for the beach? Well, head on over to the Keto Dojo on Facebook, a place where there is no judgment, and you get great support and fantastic recipes. I can't even read what the fuck I said. God damn it. It sounds like an ad, Brian. Well, it is an ad. Oh, okay. What is it supposed to be? I, I don't know. An ad? <laughs> All right. I think that right there could be the ad. What? What? <laughs> hey, if you're looking for a creative place to self-publish your works, uh, maybe a novel, short story, a calendar you've made, head on over to lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. And while you're there, check out my book that I wrote 12 years ago. It's all fun and games until. That's lulu.com. Welcome to Craft Conversations, where we craft a conversation and we talk a little bit about craft beer. We are your hosts, Brian Dales. I'm Kip Quiet. And on this episode, we have Caleb Taylor, owner proprietor of Homegrown Brew House. We talk a little bit about Herman the Truck, the two finger rule, and the Somerville Underground. Enjoy this episode. I adore this table. See what I did there? We're starting off on a high note. I was going to be like, wow, that was such a great compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, he's been waiting all day to do that. Oh no, I have not. I just all of a sudden, it was like... Are you serious? Oh. Dude, took yeah. me a second. Dad jokes are my thing. Man, I So, can, uh, I think we got our name for the episode. The Bad Joke episode. The Dad Joke. Bad Joke or Dad Joke? Dad Jokes. Dad Jokes. Ooh. Make dad Jokes. We'll lower you a bit. Yeah, Caleb, do you want a water? We usually ask. Uh, yes, I would love to have a water. Oh, we're doing it. Okay. One. I figure okay. we should start asking because some people will just give them a water and then they take two sips and they never drink the rest of the bottle. Yeah, you don't want to waste yeah, water. Yeah, we're trying to save money. Oh, I thought you were trying to save earth. Yeah. Well, that's... Earth, definitely. Money, earth. Money, earth, same thing. Oh, mine. Mine. Those have been sanitized and You're getting no ear funguses from any other guest. I don't know it's, if I can. Uh, I can't really hear myself. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be so, a bit of a hit I have or miss. This over here for a reason, okay? Do you? Did no. you have um? It's out of the way. Yeah, but you gotta get in your level. 
Did yeah, you? I'm in my level. Fuck, you are. Right on. <laughs> Did you plug I'm the, in the red now. <laughs> you plug the headphones It'll be fine. Yeah. The, amp, the amplifier in? Oh, wait. I think Caleb isn't plugged in. But yeah, the amplifier is plugged in. No explain why you hear nothing. Your headphones are not plugged in. What? What the fuck are you looking for? Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, it's right over I'm there. Why? It's right here. Oh. Alright, come down, man. Yeah, I, was wondering, I, I can't hear anything out of these, so that would probably It's because it's not plugged into anything. Brian's got to plug you in. Wow. It just makes me feel good. No, he's he's plugged in. He's not plugged in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, makes, right that makes the most sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have a further hey, distance. There you are. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Homegrown Actually, House. Let's bring that up. Do you think that Brian and I have a like radio talking voice when we do the podcast? Uh, yeah. Brian more so than you. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Ron Daniel said that we sounded weird. like newscasters. And he was like, oh, why are they talking so weird? I'm like, What's I didn't think I actually changed that much. What's the difference between a newscaster and a podcaster? Is there a difference? I don't know. I feel like my voice sounds totally different to me whenever I actually hear it. Oh, I hate my voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I was like, it's not me. I do not sound like that. (laughs) But then I do. And so I'll change my voice. (laughs) I'm going to talk like this the entire time. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. God damn it, Brian. Just calm down for a homegrown brew house. Yeah, do an ad or something. (laughs) Somerville's beer destination. Do you want to be putting a plug for a business you're trying to sell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know you want it. I do. Really badly. Yeah, well, do it. I mean, we just got to gotta find common ground on, on finances here. <laughs> oh, man. Are you looking at all of our decor? Yeah. It's so um, fancy, right? Super fancy. <clears throat> What? Oh, there's the, there's the carpet. I was like, I completely missed the carpet wall. I was like, where's this carpet wall we talked about? Yeah, I've missed I, the last um, two people. I was supposed to take pictures of them in there, and I have not yet. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a thing. You, forget my watch, man. I always have a watch on when I'm in here. Watch. I just realized you're wearing a Budweiser shirt. Yeah, well, he's been Yeah, he's been embedding it out lately. Embev. What the clay? The the last episode, you guys drank two embed products. So. What can we? What was the other one? We had Lieutenant Dank and we had uh, Stardust. Space Dust. Space Dust yeah. Elysian? I didn't know. Elysian. Yeah. Elysian's in yeah. as well? Elysian, yeah. Really? So yes. That's why you can find it everywhere. Is D9 no. going to embed? They just have no. some giant um, expansion thing, don't they? The Devil's Backbone sold the embed last year. Oh. That's out of North Carolina as well? Yeah. Wreckenridge, uh, oh, yeah. Tim Barrel. Goose Island. See, now you're too quiet. <clears throat> Not anymore. So, why I'm going to hate editing your audio. <laughs> why do you think all That's these people fine. are going in there? I mean, good thing, bad thing? That's good for them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why is it bad for anybody else? Well, it's horrible for everybody else because the more product the InBev buys, the more shelf space they get, which completely pushes out 
the mm. real craft brands. Right. I can see that point. I mean, you walk yeah, in, you walk in the Publix and look at it, and it's like 95% of the stuff there is not really craft beer. Right. And that's the that's part of the end goal. It's not the whole end goal. But... Right, but that, that's not InBev's fault. I mean, that's the grocery store's fault. Oh, no, no. It is InBev's fault because... So, okay, yeah, we can blame grocery stores. The grocery stores are not going to spend the time and energy on understanding the product that they're selling. They actually rely on the reps to, to sell it. So you have two major distributors that you deal with, the people who deal with Miller, the people who deal with Bud. And so those reps come in there, and then they place all of their Budweiser products, Stella Artois, <clears throat> um, all of the faux craft brands out there, and, and they're all owned by one company. And then, you know, then you get a couple of the other guys in there too. Right. And so you can't, you can't expect, the, the grocery stores is out, I mean, people are out to make money, period. Um, but it hurts the consumer because the consumer doesn't necessarily understand what they're buying. And we can sit around all day long and we can talk about, oh, it still tastes good, but it do, first off, it doesn't always taste as good. Right. The product, I agree with the product's that. not as well made as it was. Um, they're mass producing. Anything that you find pretty much in a can is being mass produced. Um, is the sour products and the Imperial Stouts. Yeah, they're probably the barrel aged stuff. Yeah, they're still being made on premise at Wicked Weed and Goose Island. But does that. You can find things that are just as good, if not better, by a craft brewery. And Solid point. And so, supporting Imbev, in my opinion, is it doesn't it doesn't help the industry because eventually, the more brands that they buy out and the more shelf space they have and the less craft brewers you have represented, eventually it's going to just all become about profits again, and it's going to have nothing to do with with actually making a good product, and you're going to end up with crappy stuff on the shelves. Right. So in the we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're 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 helping to end craft beer. <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we're, we're helping to end the craft beer revolution um, because we're lying to ourselves and telling ourselves that, oh, it tastes <clears throat> good, so it's okay. Right, but I mean, it's still a healthy competition, right? I mean, you got InBev, you got craft beer. I mean, they're kind of pushing each other to, to do It's totally good fine, things. but whenever InBev wants to sit around and complain and cry about the fact that Crap brewers come out with an independent beer label, and they're like, "No, that's not a good thing because we're still making good beer." It's the, it's dumb because um, they are not in it to make a good product; they're in it to make a profit. Period, and they don't want competition. They right. want I mean, they're threatened be, for sure. Yeah, they want to be the only game in town. They don't want any, they don't want friendly competition. Whereas crap brewers, you know, crap brewers love competition because. The more crap breweries you have in an area, the better everybody does. They look at it as synergy and not really competition. Yeah, right. Um, it's a community yeah. for sure. And so, and yeah, there comes there comes a point whenever, okay, competition can can be hurtful, as once you get too big. I mean, you look at what happened with Alpine and uh, Green Flash, and uh, even with Stone. I mean, Stone had to lay off a ton of people. Um, they got they got too big and it's it's a it's a harder thing for the larger craft breweries to to deal with competition than it is for for smaller craft brewers mm. right i can see that can i ask you to put your phone in your pocket it messes with the mic's frequency and you get a weird yeah, we get like a little little thing. Thing. that's my favorite thing i love to mess with that. i can't i can't fix that <laughs> by the way 
Caleb Taylor in the in the craft conversation mm-hmm. studio today here at the Dale's Inn Garden. Uh, owner, proprietor. Oh, the Dale's Inn Garden? We're not craft conversation studio anymore? No, I said we're at the Dale's Inn Garden <laughs> in pub. But uh, with, what are you doing? Why are you taking away my stuff, man? I'm saying usually you, you lay it out but, better than that. <clears throat> Owner, proprietor, uh, homegrown brew house, downtown Somerville. Um, Which we have literally mentioned every single episode. What's that? Oh, yeah. Homegrown brew house. Or Caleb. One of the two. So far. Yeah. We've mentioned either Caleb or homegrown in every episode. Let's keep it going. Actually, let's not mention me. Edit all that out. Don't mention my name at all during this whole podcast. No way. Or homegrown Do you know how much work that's going to (laughs) be? I think we'll lose listeners. <laughs> just say, just bleep it out every time you, you have to go through and bleep it out every time you hear it. Today, we I think we ought to start a drinking game. Every time you hear Homegrown Brewhouse or Caleb Taylor, we, you have to take a shot or something or inject some heroin into your arm. Whoa! That's a good different direction. Yeah. Honestly, I thought you kind of started a little high. I'm like, do we need to take shots, really? Uh, Could we just only like one way to go from there. Maybe like chug a beer? Turn it up. Yeah, I'd say so. Can we uh, can we jump to the to the main goal right now? Oh, we need to have a beer. Fuck yeah! All right, absolutely. Here and we go. already in the beginning of this episode, you can now play this for your kids. We're gonna reach in the uh, magic yeah. I bag. know you're a jerk. <laughs> I was gonna make this the clean episode. It's like Captain America. We're gonna clean this up. <laughs> we're gonna reach in the magic bag here. Should should and, we do uh, that? We're gonna set Caleb up first with the uh, the first uh, pour of the day here. Oh, I need a camera. Yeah. I think we're, I think that this We got a local brewery here, uh, Ice House. Um, oh, Edge. They're local. I, I have not, um, I have not had that. We're doing an Ice House Edge. This is actually an appropriate glass for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I figure we start with the, the proper beer for uh, a Caleb Taylor episode. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you, everybody. There's a Holy City glass there. We're ripping some uh, some local breweries. What do you got over there, Caleb? What's your glass? It's a Coast. Uh, brewing Q. All right. It's a Coast glass. Coast glass. We got Holy City. Brian, you have Polly's Island. We got some Polly's Island going on over here. We're going to top, top oh, uh, Caleb off over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need a little more water in my diet today. Uh, you said you wanted a water. You got checked up. So we're doing a Ice House Edge. Oh, it's eight percent. Eight percent alcohol. There's no eight, no IBUs listed wow. for some reason. The uh, average rating on Untapped is a one point nine four. Lay into it, man. Yeah, we're gonna talk about IBUs. Let's talk about IBUs. We'll talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Do you wanna? You wanna? Because I want to hear your uh, explanation of an IBU. Because I totally screwed it up. I liked yours, and then Caleb told me about IBUs, and I liked that one too. We got. <laughs> We gonna toast anything? We gonna toast to uh Let's toast to InBev. Let's toast to InBev. Yay, InBev. Nice. Although is it Ice House InBev or are they Oh Miller? really? I That's a Miller remember. product. Yeah, Miller. Miller Brewing Company. Which is becoming part of InBev, so. Alright, so InBev is a separate thing? Is that just Budweiser or InBev is the largest brewing company in the world. They're out of Belgium. They bought Anheuser Busch, what, like a mm. decade ago or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Maybe that a little shorter, maybe. Wow, this is terrible. Really? I was going to say it's not really that bad. It's, it's, it doesn't hide the alcohol very well. Well, it's a malt, but it's malt liquor. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, man. I know, I know what I'm drinking when I'm drinking. It's the edge. <laughs> it's oh. the edge. I thought it was going to be hilarious. 
Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cracking up right now. Maybe it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Can I, can, I, can I not? <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't actually expect to drink the beer. Yeah, can can I? Can we not finish this? <laughs> we can. Yeah, we can push it aside. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, thanks. I didn't so actually much. expect to All drink. Right, it. I might save it for later. You want to put it in the fridge? I'm gonna drink it while we're edit, ed, editing. Yeah, by that point, I'll just accept alcohol. Yeah. All right, one of us needs to calm the fuck down over here. <clears throat> we'll drink it while we're editing. So, the real beer we're gonna drink to start off with. Once you put that in there and get the camera ready. Well, I'm trying to adjust the freaking mics over here, man. Come on, man. Get on, Screaming into your microphone. I'm not screaming at all. The levels don't lie. Why are you so angry? You turned it down already? Yeah. Okay. Well, I turned all of it down. I may have to turn a little bit up. Test, test. Test, test, test. Looks good. Whatever. Shit. You gotta stop being so picky. So how do you say this uh, this brewery? Carolina Barnhaus. Barnhaus? Barnhaus. Not Barnhaus. <laughs> Not Barnhaus. 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 Oh, Barnhaus. Gonna, I can ask David tomorrow, but that's all. Oh, are you gonna go to see him? He's coming to homegrown. Oh man. Do you not you don't pay attention to anything? I've got a wedding thing and then I've gotta go. Yeah, we're doing our bo- to we're doing a black bottle black. opening party with these guys. Son Tomorrow. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're not hearing this today. Yeah, I know. It's going to be in, in the past. If you're hearing this now and you've, this is the first time you've Sorry, heard yeah. this, say the date. Then you missed it. What is it? May 11th. You missed it. Right. Yeah, so we're going to be opening up a ton of their, their bottles and doing like samples for people. That's freaking awesome. All right. You're right, it is. So, real quick, this is Encyclopedia. <laughs> How do you say that word? Brett? Britannomyces. Britannomyces. Yeah. From Carolina. Barnhaus. Yeah, that guy. Uh, 5.2% ABV, no IBUs. Uh, we brewed this rustic refined ale with our friends at Newgrass Brewing in order to explore barrel aging. Uh, an ale with an with all the Breton... Britannomyces. Strains we could get our hands on. We brewed a rustic saison with loads of North Carolina malt, a bit of South Carolina raw, re- raw wheat. Say that together quickly. Raw wheat? Yeah. Raw wheat. Raw wheat. And just a touch of color. After primary fermentation with our native ale strain, the ale was red wine. Why can't I say R's and W's together? Red wine barrel aged with 12 strains of Brett. See, they, <laughs> they abbreviated Brett right there. I like that. Provided by Newgrass. For God damn, like there's you. a whole sh- fucking... Okay, the result is Encyclopedia Brett, an incredibly funky and fruity character with a dry... Refreshing finish. Yeah, they list all the Bretts on there. Jesus I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of B, blah blah blah, B, blah blah blah, B, blah blah blah. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's a, there are a lot of strains. So. I mean, if you want to read those, you want to read them? Uh, no, I really don't. Okay. I call them like Brett A, Brett B, Brett C. So I don't. You want the Wicked Weed glass? Hey, give me whatever. <laughs> they're all. They're, I mean, whatever. you've already you've already sold out. So. So true. I've sold in, brother. Sold in. Uh-huh. How exciting. And true to form. I've got a little bit left. We all right. Now. And top them off. Let's actually test to something we all believe in. Jesus. 
<laughs> Why is that funny? Why would you laugh at that? Haters. Good lord. I don't. I don't believe in Jesus. All right. Well, I'll toast to Harry Potter. That means we God's all believe in Leia. We all believe in Leia. Fuck. That's my dog downstairs. All right. Whatever. Cheers to Leia. Cheers to free beer. Let's cheers to that. Free for us. Right. <laughs> oh, nice. It's a book, actually, on the uh, cover. It, it is an encyclopedia. Have it's, you been to New Grass? Mel is great. I have not. I've My never... brother and I went up there. Bruce, we went to... Uh, that's in... Um... Ah, freak. Oh, it kept it clean. A little late now, buddy. It's in North Carolina. Oh, I can't You're literally season. sitting in front of I your... know, but I was trying to remember it. I'm trying to prove that I ha- don't have dementia and that I can remember something. <laughs> so you failed. <laughs> it's in... Um, Jesus. It's lighter than I expected. Yeah, very light. I mean, model on the bitterness, or not the bitterness, sourness. I definitely get the red wine for sure. What do you um, think, Caleb? Well, I like it. No, it's very it's mild. Clean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, clean. Which is funny to call it clean, but with all the bread, but no, clean. Oh, I know. But yeah, I mean, it's not you, really like you know. A lot of times you can get what they call horse blanket, or I mean, when you get seven different uh, bread strains in there, yeah, it, which is Brett, like Brett will create things that smell like horse blanket or. Wet hay. Okay, um, okay, I see that. Sometimes, but you can also get like fruity notes like pineapple, things like that. So, yeah, Shelby, that. North Carolina. How did I forget that? What are you even talking about anymore? Newgrass Brewing Where Company is in Shelby, North Carolina. Oh. Yeah. We, uh, my brother I like and I drove through there one time and stopped at the brewery. It was a really nice brewery, actually. I think Bruce even got a t shirt. That is information I needed. Well, Bruce will be happy. You got mm. mentioned. No, I like this. It's good. Yeah. It's sweeter than I was expecting. Not really that tart. No, it's Light, very good. Easy to drink. I think it's a. it would be like a crowd pleaser. A lot of people would be able to enjoy this. Because you know when you get some of those sours? You're like, oh, good, these are amazing. Yeah. And then it's like only if you are a like aficionado for sours, would you enjoy that kind of sour? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, sour, there's there's a lot of different things that can be sour. So, they, the, the sour category has a lot. Like, the standard wild, American wild ale is kind of what everybody lumps a lot of stuff into, and it really doesn't mean anything. It just means that it's a a beer that's using Britannomyces yeast in it. So, Seriously? That's yeah. so vague. It, it's very vague. Um... But a lot of times people don't want to call their beer whatever the style they're going after. So if they're trying to make like a Lambic, it's technically not a Lambic. They'll just call it a Wild American Ale. Oh. Because to make a Lambic, you technically have to make it in Belgium. But Oh. Right. And it takes like up to three years to make a true Lambic. Yeah. So, so you got a Lambic, you got a Berliner Weiss, you got a, a, a Brett beer, you got an American Wild Ale. I mean, what's the difference between all those things? 
Uh, so like, I mean, you explained the Lambic already, but Berliner Weisses and Gozas are gonna typically be just straight up um, uh, lacto fermented. So you're, it'll have lactobacillus in it, which is uh, what you find like in yogurt. Uh, so, well, it's what creates that tartness in yogurt. So not necessarily has nothing to do with your lactate issue. <laughs> I don't have a lactating issue, Caleb. <laughs> you can milk anything with nipples. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, those are going to be, like, just pretty much very tart, like a, a sharp tartness to them. Uh, and they're not necessarily going to have Britannomyces yeast. Uh, Britannomyces is a wild yeast. Uh, it's what can dry... It's a... Let's just talk about yeast. Yay. Okay. Okay, so you have um, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is lager yeast, and then Saccharomyces, or no, cerevisiae ale yeast, sorry. You're fine. You touched my mic. I moved it closer. Uh, um, yeah, so cerevisiae is going to be it's your ale better. yeast, and then um, Pastoranus is the lager yeast. Uh, those are your two main yeast strains for beer. So, you know, lager yeast is going to make everything under the lager category, like pilsners and things like that. Right. Lower um, temperature fermenting. Yeah. It, it, so they say that it ferments from the bottom up, but it's colder fermented is typically what you're going to have. Right. And then uh, your ale yeasts are going to be pretty much everything outside in that category. Um, and then Britannomyces is a wild yeast. It literally means um, Britain fungus. Um and it's a bit it was originally discovered in um wooden tanks in britain so that's where that's where it comes from and it's what they discovered what makes beer go bad or spoil over time um was that traditionally like open fermentation type things or no, is that something totally different no it just uh so you find uh britannomyces on a lot of like on fruits so it's on everything grain and make it it can be naturally on things um so so in, open fermentation is something totally different. Open fermentation is totally different. So, okay. well, right. so if you want to talk about the history of fermentation, um, people would literally take, um, they would take old beer to make new beer. So they didn't know what they were doing, but they were taking um, leftover beer that was left over at the bottom of tanks and they were starting up. Um, right, they so were pouring the new the beer on top or the new wort on top of it. And then it would begin fermentation. They would call that God is good because they had no idea what fermentation was. They just knew <laughs> that once they saw fermentation happen, they would thank God that it worked. Um, they would also have what they called a magic stick. They would take a stick and they would literally stick it in the beer on the wort. And then eventually that would become beer ferment. And they didn't realize that that stick had yeast on the stick. I mean, that's that's what it is. And the tanks, you know, they were, they were fermenting in wooden tanks. So... It naturally holds yeast and bacteria in that um, and so when a beer is young it wouldn't necessarily be sour but as it gets older it would become sour so um, in England they would have old ales which is more sour than a fresh young beer um, Oud Brun which is a sour beer literally means old brown ale I mean right which is what we're doing next uh, well, we're doing a goose next oh, that's right. goose, goose is what yeah. makes uh, that's actually what makes fruited lambic beers. Okay, it's the base oh. for it, and so and that and they traditionally would do open fermentation. So, um, 
if you look at what like revelry is the only one in the area right now that has a cool ship and so um what they would do is they would they would make their work like normal and they would put it in a, a cool ship to to literally cool the work and then um, allow the vents and the upper levels of the barns to have air flow through the barn. And so you'd have yeast and bacteria that's in the air would settle on to the wort, and then when they pumped it out, it would stay in the beer, and that's what would ferment the beer. So they would call it spontaneous fermentation, um, and it's not really spontaneous because it's, it's literally just coming from, from the outside. And so Revelry actually has a, a cool ship that they've that they built on top of their brewery. Hmm. What are you saying? Are you saying wart <laughs> or wart? Wart. Wart. Yeah. Which is what? W-O-R-T, right? That is yeah. that is the the beer before it becomes beer. It's beer before right. fermentation. Oh. So it's the, the it's the sugar, it's the, the malt sugar water with hops. The stuff you so. don't want to drink. Gotcha. It's every it's everything before you add the yeast. Okay. It. Right. Okay. So it's during the boil. The wart. Wart. Gotcha. I have yeah. never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, they say that brewers don't make beer, they make wort, and yeast makes beer. Interesting. True. Uh, yeah, I, th- I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, everything before that is just uh, what they call a mash. You're just mashing all this stuff together, right? Is that what it's... Yeah, well, so the mash is um, you're mashing your grain, so you're taking. You're taking grain, um, whatever it might be, but it's going to be mostly barley and then a mixture of whatever else you have in there. Uh, you're adding hot water to it. Um, and then you're pulling that from the mash into your boil kettle. And that's just a sugar, that's your sugar water. That's your base right there. Right, so the mash is extracting the malt from the grains. That's the mash. Yes. And so you take... And then you're putting that into the boil and that's your wort. Is that yeah, what we're saying? And you're adding hops during the boil, and then that's your wort. And okay. then you transfer that into your fermentate into your fermenter right. with your yeast, and then it becomes beer. Do you have to do anything to the hops, or can you just drop them in? Uh, well, there's different stages. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so you have... Uh, it's funny, because like Miller, they triple hop their beers, which is interesting, because everybody triple hops their beers. Um, <laughs> you have a, a bittering, a finishing, and a flavoring, right? Yeah, well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So typically, your first hops you put in, those are your bittering hops. Those are the ones that are actually going to, you're not really going to get a whole lot of flavor or aroma out of those hops. They're just to counteract the sweetness of the malt sugar. Okay. Um, then later on in the boil, you put in your flavoring hops. And you're going to mostly get flavor out of them, not as much aroma. And then the last hops you put in, you're getting more aroma out of. And then whenever you dry hop, which is during the fermentation process, that's just, you're really just getting aroma out of those hops. First episode, we finally answered what dry hopping is. <laughs> we talked about it with Mike Carcutt. I didn't answer that. It was very up in the air. No, I said dry hopping comes after the boil. I mean, it's it's during the fermentation. You're dropping those dry hops into the fermenter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I said that already. Okay. Jesus Christ. And you're not an expert, right? I mean, you were trying to get your Cicerone, but you... Have I'll, you actually got it, or...? No, I never actually took the test. I just... I mean, wow. I consider you an expert, but... Just coming out, holding no, no blows back. 
Well, I didn't want to spend the money. I, at the point, right. at the point in time, I mean, like I, you know, I own my own business, so there's really no point in me having it right now. If I was trying to go for a certain position, um, having it would be great. More spending the money on it at the time didn't really make any sense to me because it would be just for personal reasons and not for anything that would actually be helpful. So right, and for those not that don't know what we're talking about, Cicerone is like a beer expert, I guess. It's like the sommelier for for beer. Right. It was sommelier yeah. is for wine. Yeah. In case people don't know that either, but yeah. So it's just a nice piece of paper that says, ah, I'm an expert yeah. at beer. It's eventually going to become more and more important, especially in um, restaurants and places like that that want to have credibility. Like, I mean, you look at, you if you if you have a, a good wine program, you have to have a sommelier that knows what they're talking about. And if you don't have, and you want one that has that's a, a higher level sommelier. Um, and it's more for, Part of it's for competing with other businesses, other restaurants. Um, part of it is just to make sure that you know, like when you when somebody puts a resume in or something, you know that that person knows what they're talking about because they have been accredited. Right. So yeah, and so it'll be the same in the beer world. So if you're looking to hire somebody, especially if you if you have a a business to where beer the the beer portion of it is very important, you can look at their the fact that they are a certified Cicerone or an advanced Cicerone or a master Cicerone, you can say, okay, I know that this person knows this much about information. Right. So It's like when I was in the IT world, we had an A-plus certification, a security-plus certification, network-plus. Yeah. So, you know, the more certifications, the more you get paid, the more they trust you, the more they think you know what you know. But yeah. I don't know. And doesn't just because you don't have that degree doesn't mean you don't know your stuff. But at the same point in time, it's an, it's an easy way to kind of filter out a lot of those things. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. I have. I mean, no someday, someday, I'll, someday I'm going to take the test. I just. How much is it? On the back burner. It's like $300, I think. Oh. Clay had it. And if you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> he had a little pin, a little Cicerone pin. Mm. It's cool. Still works at a grocery one. store. Yeah, it's true. He works at a grocery store. Why are we talking about bad about Clay? I'm not trying to talk bad about him. I'm just like... Right. But know. yeah, the Cicerone didn't get you very far. Is what you're saying? Yeah, basically. You should be working for Hank's Chop House or something. I don't know. Well, <laughs> well it's fine. So, so that kind of... that kind of in, in our current beer climate in Charleston, yes, okay, it's more beneficial for you at a place like Lowe's because they care about their beer program there. Um, it would probably matter at like a Whole Foods or, or places like that, more like grocery stores that really push their, their beer programs, um, a Total Wine or, or, or pl- places like that. It's not so much as important at restaurants right now. And, unfortunate, oh. it, it's, it, and it's a very unfortunate thing because uh, people like to look so highly on wine and not so much on beer. And it's a funny thing because um, beer can actually do a lot of things for food that wine cannot do. Uh, wine actually it's a lot tougher to pair wine with salads uh, or to to pair wines with fatty foods um, even chocolates people all the time want to pair wine with chocolate well chocolate actually coats your tongue white wines coat your tongue so you taste less as you eat and drink hmm. um, and so a lot of times what they do is they'll end up taking sparkling wine and pairing sparkling wine with some of these things because sparkling wine can, it's the the effervescence of it and the acidity can actually clear your palate, which is what beer does. 
Right. All beer does that because all beer has carbonation. Um, and so beer is a better pairing with a lot of foods than wine is, and it's more forgiving than wine can be. So, what do you mean by that? Um, you can take, you can pretty much take almost any beer and pair it with food, and it's going to taste good because of the, like I said, it's got okay. some leeway there, especially like Belgian beers. You can take almost any Belgian beer and pair it with food, and it's going to be, you know, going to go well. But there are, there are good beer pairings, and there are better beer pairings. So. I like that. You're already starting off ahead of the game. <laughs> Yeah, but but unfortunately, people people look down on beer because beer is is, a, is associated with Budweiser and things like right. that. To where it's like getting drunk, it's the com- and yeah, partying. It's, yeah. it's the common man, and it's and it's been that way for a long time. It's the common man's beverage, where and so you have these these people that that think of wine as more it's for nobility. It's so automatically wine is better than beer, but they all have their place. It it just depends, and so. Um, it's getting people to change their perception of what beer is, is, is kind of a tough thing. And even in a place like Charleston, Charleston's a foodie town and it's, uh, it's getting better, but you still have these places that don't really, you have these very nice restaurants that don't give their beer. Yes. Um, any kind of attention whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, and it, and it, it's, it's dumb. Like it makes no sense, but. But once again, but part of the issue too is the client base. You have these clients yeah. that come in, and well, I, see, I see these people all the time. You know, these people with this money, and it's and well, it's that's what I was going to make uh, a generalization too. I mean, I don't want to say that it's because of women, but women drink more wine than they do beer, right? I mean, are we catering catering toward the women? At well, the, let's, at okay. These well, let me finish my thought, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. So, <laughs> wine is a status symbol. So, people with money automatically are going to buy wine. It's a it's a status symbol. Um, now, with women, women actually have more taste buds than men. Um, and so they are able to taste things better. Um, but unfortunately, women go to college with really douchey guys that drink really crappy <laughs> beer. And so they associate beer as being that really crappy product that their douchey boyfriend drank yeah, to right. get drunk in college. Um, you know, they had, they Miller, had a lot of highlight. You know, edges. Um <laughs> Edges. <laughs> um, and so for them, it's like, okay, beer sucks. It doesn't taste good. And so they automatically go to other things that, that taste better. And so, and it's funny because I have people come in all the time, women, and women especially, who are like, I don't like beer. And I'm like, well, that's false. Uh, you just haven't tasted the beer that you like. And they'll yeah. tell me what they, they'll tell me what kind of wine they like or what kind of liquor they like. And I'll give them a beer. They're like, oh, I actually like this. This tastes good. I'm like, yeah, because it's beer. It's not. Piss yellow, water, yellow fizzy water that doesn't really taste good. It's yeah. it's actually beer. Right. We can find those flavors that you like, those nuances that you like. We yeah. can find your beer. Yeah, because I mean there, there are hundreds and hundreds of beer styles out there. And, oh, thousands. Yeah. And so unfortunately, both well, styles maybe a yeah. hundred, but yeah, yeah. And and so unfortunately, in this country, after prohibition, we dumbed ourselves down to one type of beer. And uh, actually, it's not even really until the seventies. Yeah, let's talk about that. What would you credit the the beginning of the craft industry? Like when it wasn't really until the eighties that it started to take off. It was after um, Carter legalized home brewing. Oh yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, 
I, I don't. I'm not that old. Nice. No, I mean, I don't remember it happening like in oh. the moment, but I remember hearing about craft, be- craft uh, homebrewing with uh, Carter. Sure. I don't Brian. remember it like the day it happened. You know, like, oh, look, uh, Dad, we're yeah. watching Channel 2 or Three Channels, and hey, he talked about homebrewing. You say Three Channels in the 80s? Three Channels, yeah. Come on. I mean, this country was founded on, on immigrants, and so you had immigrants that were all coming from different backgrounds that drank good beer and so we had good beer in this country and then prohibition happened and so we pretty much got rid of all good beer and then as soon as prohibition ended um you ended up with just a few major companies that took over good um and they started making the same kind of beer over and over and over again and then by the 70s that's when the light american adjunct lager popped out miller light was the first one to come out with that oh wow uh, i thought yingling was the or the light no, version. Yingling is is, a, is an American adjunct lager. Um, that is a truly historic American style. The reason that they made that was because uh, when German immigrants originally came to this country, we didn't have good barley. And so in order to kind of drop the protein out of the beer, they were using corn and rice as a, as a lightning agent to, to, make, to make their beer. Oh, and so know. there's nothing wrong with an American adjunct lager. Um, it's just now Budweiser and Bev are using the cheapest possible product they can to make a, a flavorless beer is what they're trying to right. come up with. So. And the Light American Adjunct Lager came along the same time as like sliced cheese and, and white bread, you know? Mm. It was, let's homogenize everything. Let's get rid of real cheese. Let's get rid of real bread. Let's get rid of anything that's real. Let's put it all in a very generic labeled can or whatever. And, and that's what our country turned into. Mass well, I mean, processing. Just profits. I mean, is that what we're looking at? I mean, I would say that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. huge part, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And so, and we went along with it. America went along with it for a long time. And, I mean, to uh, an extent, we still are. It's getting a lot better, though. I mean, if you if you can go to the supermarkets now and you can see that that, hey, look, there's more than more than craft cheese out there. There's actually <laughs> yeah there's more than one type of cheese in the world. Go figure. <laughs> we start um, a craft cheese podcast. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to exclude myself from that one. Some cheeses here. <laughs> Were you thirsty? Jesus Christ. Yeah. But it's the, same with, it's the same with with, it, with bread too, man. You go, to, you go to a supermarket, now there's actually more than just white bread on the shelves. Yeah. Um, you have people actually making bread again, people making cheese again, people making beer again. Yeah. And so, it's getting it's getting better. Okay, I can see that. Obviously. Oh yeah, I mean it's exploding, for sure. Yeah. I mean Lowe's is a great example. They've got a fancy cheese, bread, and beer section. Yeah. So, I mean that makes sense all around. I was gonna bring that up, but I didn't want to mention them. What Lowe's? Yeah. Well, now they've been mentioned. It doesn't matter. Know. Everyone's gonna go to the hardware store and be like, "Where is <laughs> the beer? Where's the bread? You guys got some cheese there's no, here. There's no bread in here at all. <laughs> I don't want none of that slice stuff either." <laughs> I was doing research the other day, looking for. Uh, I think Boris Head makes uh, fancy lactose-free cheese. What, why? What's up with all this whole lactose-free thing? We don't. We don't care. <laughs> all right, touche. We want. We want uh, flavor in our cheese. Yeah. It's Amen. not really cheese anymore. It's poor with the defect. Get that out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> is it just is it cow's milk or is it or is it any? Um, I don't really know much about it. So, 
Like, could you have a goat cheese? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. Supposedly. Or sheep's milk. What do you mean, supposedly? You haven't tested it? Well, I mean, I'm not. Asking online, and they got. I'm not entirely sure. Cow. We can try them all out. And well, see I don't. Ones. I know lactose intolerance. I think it's just specifically like usually it's just cow stuff. Just yeah. intense lactose. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I have no So idea cheddar. That. I just found out cheddar, Parmesan, and Swiss have less than 0.5 percent lactose in the cheese. So most lactose intolerant people can still eat those cheeses, and it doesn't bother them. So I'm thinking goat cheese or whatever else you mentioned, sheep, sheep cheese. It's, it's probably so low in lactose that it doesn't actually affect people. Um, I say I don't know because I haven't I haven't just sat down. I'm like, well, let's see what happens in 15 minutes. I'm going to eat this cheese. Right. And I'm sure it's different for every person, right? I mean. Yeah. So I am, I think, very sensitive from what I, I've read online because I will eat ice cream and it dries my throat out and I'll practically die yeah so it's different i'm just afraid of all kinds of cheeses just just saying they're they're out there okay i don't need you to pressure me into this they're waiting they're waiting i'm doing just fine without it are are you are you you don't know i don't know i guess i do bring it up a lot oh no i don't know i'm just saying i can't imagine (laughs) because i love my cheese Mm -hmm. i could do without milk but uh, i like cheese yeah, milk's pretty easy to get away with. I love milk, but... Okay. I used to. I mean, it used to be I drank a gallon of milk a day. Yeah. Easily. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to love... I used to down it, man. Chocolate milk, regular milk, any milk. I'd drink it out the carton, out of the fridge. We, we don't the typically heck? keep milk in the house, though, these days, so... Like, but I yeah. But I haven't, oh. drank, I haven't drank milk in forever. That's disgusting. Give me goosebumps. Well, so gross. Well, you don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. Oh, one time I was a little kid, and I was chasing my little brother around our house. And while he was hiding, I thought I was going to be sneaky. And I found his sippy cup. And I was like, oh, I'm going to drink this dude's juice. Heck yeah. And then you died. I chugged it, and it was milk. And I just sprayed it everywhere. Now, at the time. I want it straight from the udder. You would, wouldn't you? (laughs) Just just get underneath. I'm not even going to do it. (laughs) Where's that? What number is that? 44. <laughs> Write that one down. So anyway, Caleb Taylor here. He's a business owner, a proprietor here in town, homegrown brew house. But you're not from here, right? I mean, where are you from originally? Uh, well, I grew up on Hilton Head. Hilton Head? I yeah. thought it was Arkansas for some I was time. born in Arkansas. Oh, okay. And then, but I, I only know. lived there for like a year. And then we moved to Texas, and I lived in Austin through kindergarten. And then in 89, moved to Hilton Head. That's when I was born. Yay. A lot of big things happened in yeah, 89. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, 89 it was the uh, Welcome to South Carolina, Hurricane Hugo. And oh, yeah. then, uh, we had the Great Blizzard of 89. Well, right. we had a blizzard in 89, too? Yeah, right, that was the biggest one before last year, right? Exactly. Yeah. We got more snow this past year than, than we did during That's that. probably why I'm cold all the time. <laughs> blizzard. <laughs> when I was a baby. That was 89. I know. I was born well, that year. And then last year we had seven inches. Yeah. Right? Is that the max? Yeah, something like that. Six, seven. seven it was amazing. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. So we're getting way off topic here. We don't need to talk about <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking. Yeah, yeah but that, I, for some reason, talking about for, seven inches. For some reason, I thought you were from Arkansas. Well, that's why I'm a Razorback fan, because all yeah. of my family's from Arkansas. So. Right. Yeah. What's. Woo Pig Suey. What? Woo Pig Suey. 
Okay. I, I was going to say. I just to throw it out there for all the Arkansas fans who are listening. I was going to say what sport is, is that. But... Is that the, it's the chant? College. It's college. So it's you know, college football, college basketball. Okay. So all of the sports. Yes. Gotcha. We're very good in track and field. Okay. Cool. And baseball. Okay. Yeah. Baseball's good. But we have more, I think, more national titles oh, in track and field than anybody else. Really? Yeah, if you watch the Olympics a lot of time, like Summer Olympics, <clears throat> there's a lot of people from, from Arkansas that participate, like all over the world. Okay. So, Speaking of sports, <laughs> let's talk about your curling obsession. Uh, curling is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- no, see, I want to laugh, but I've, I've been watching curling for years. Are you serious? Yeah, That's not I'm a new you, thing? I'm, oh, <clears throat> no. I, I'm, I'm talking about like, Three or four Olympics ago, oh I was God. like totally into curling. Every time on my lunch break, I would go and watch curling whenever the Olymp- when our Olympics was taking place. Loved it. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. They call it chess on ice. It is kind of a cool. Are sport. you serious? Yeah, chess it, on ice. Yeah, it, it's a, it is. It's a very like methodical sport. It's not. Hmm. I mean, because I like chess. I, a I lot. mean, and I can you you can use sport like very <clears throat> liberally there, but after. Going curling, I mean, there's, there's a, I was really sore the next day. Oh, so you've done it? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's part of a team. Well, they, uh, it was uh, Austin Gilbert and Jonathan Barrow and and Lisa <laughs> Barrow. We 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 formed our own little curling team. Wow. Yeah. I did not know about this. Right. Yeah. He talks about this it a lot. at the Ice Palace by chance. Yeah. Yeah. So we were at. I guess that's the only place to go in town. We were yeah. at Mike Carkett's uh, Super Bowl party. And uh, I was talking to Austin and the Barrows about it. I was like, they do curling. We need to do this. And then the next day when everybody was sober, I double-checked with them, and they all <laughs> were still on board. And so uh, we had to – it took you two months, though. It took two months for us to be able to get a practice session in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they filled up quick. Wow. Oh, you literally had to have, like, a waiting list? Oh, yeah. We signed up. And waited two months before we could actually wow. get our first practice session. So we need to open an ice rink. Apparently, is there, is there like a league in town? I uh, yeah, Charleston Curling Club, and so <laughs> they do like a lot of pickup games and things like that. So, but wow, there's so many things around town that you don't even know about. We've got a curling league, we got a kickball down at Reverie. I mean, I think there's, there's a Quidditch team downtown. Charleston, there there is. Yeah. That's all. That's right up your alley. It is. That's more up my alley than curling. Yeah. Curling, rather... is, curling is it's a blast. I, I would do curling. No. Is that the right term? I would do. I would play curling. <laughs> I would curl. You can. You can say whatever you want. I'm gonna let you. <sighs> You're that's supposed like, to be uh, the fact checker here. <laughs> that's like one of the first podcasts when you were talking about. Uh, is it a batter or a hitter? And you said, "Batter up! It's a batter." <laughs> <laughs> At least I, I got it. So much when you said that, I don't know why. Okay, so I don't know sports. You don't remember that? No. So curling. So can you? Man, I'm have to get into that because you don't even have to know how to skate, right? You don't put skates on. It's no. like a little. Yeah. Do you wear your own shoes, or do have um, shoes you get on, put on? So you can get your own curling shoes, or you can get like a little slip on for your shoes. But like when you went to the ice palace, so they don't something have you put that. On? They've got like this little pad that you step on to slide with, um, and I mean it works. But yeah. but they have like this little they call it crutch. Yeah, they teach you how to like curl by holding this crutch, and uh, so I did that. We all did that the first week, and then the second week, the girl that we were with, she was like, "You guys want to learn how to do it without it?" I'm like, 
yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I got to learn how to do it with just holding the broom. And I was like, this is great. Which is great because I was looking around. There are people who have been curling for I don't know how long, and they're all still using the crutch. Broom? Like, yeah. Because you have to have the broom That's, anyways. But okay. you hold the broom, and like the broom on your side whenever you're when you're throwing the stone, and it kind of keeps your balance. Okay. So, I can see that. That was great. So. And the point of curling is to try and get your stone into the most center part of the yeah. to knock it's everybody a, else out they call it the house you. and then the button is the center and so it's it's similar to shuffleboard or um bags or a cornhole whatever um okay. bocce ball like there's a lot of similarities between yeah. all these things and so or darts like so you know the whole point is to get as close to the center as possible right and if you get closest to the center you get the point plus every single stone that you have in between that stone and the nearest opponent's stone. Okay. So. Yeah, I wasn't too sure on the scoring. I mean, I knew you were trying to get to the center and, yeah. and knock everybody else. Yeah, so if you have like it. one in the center and then two more and then your opponent has one outside of that, you get three points. Okay. So. All right. You notice that. That's a good. Uh, and it's little, it, little, it, 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 there's a lot of strategy in it. That's for, what I'm saying. It's, it's, forget kayaking. We're going we're mm-hmm. curling. Well, we're going to have to wait two months, apparently, so you might as well still go kayaking. Yeah. But it was interesting that you tied it all together to other sports, because that kind of rings true as humans in different settings. We always like to play games, and we're all, I mean, they're pretty similar, and you're looking at totally different settings. Like, obviously, bocce ball, in my opinion, I love playing at the beach. I mean, then you have the same almost, and it's, a, and it's the same. It's the same principle, right? That's yeah. that's so cool. I mean, humans. Horseshoes. Yeah, I mean, that's you don't get sunburned. Horseshoe. So. Yeah. Oh, dude, I got so sunburned today. Oh, you don't even want to know what's underneath this shirt right now. You're the, right. The sunburn. The sun. We don't want to know. The sunburn I got in Colorado on, on Saturday is finally starting to uh, oh. show its ugly head. Yeah, it's not good. I've been trying trying to loosen up. Ever since, but okay, <laughs> it's getting weird. All right, all right, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> it puts the lotion on. <laughs> all right, what's next, Caleb? How did you drink all your beer already? Honestly, you're a lush. Yeah, you're so freaking crazy. Why don't you grab an ice house out and finish that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I got I got water right here. Oh man! I was still. I was. It took me like about half that glass to get that taste out of my mouth. Thank you. We'll blame it on that. That's why I drank it so fast. I rather enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. But I used to drink forty ounce bowls all the time. That was my go to when I was growing up as a as a kid, teenager. Yeah, when I wasn't supposed to be drinking. That was the quickest way to get drunk. You get a forty ounce bowl, or you could get you know liquor. Well, that's like true real liquor. But it was easier to go to a gas station and get a 40-ounce yeah. bull than it was to get somebody to go into a liquor store and buy you some liquor. I, I get it. I'm I just did. saying. It's just funny to me all the time. People are like, oh, it's got a lot of alcohol. Or people that want to buy, like, a case of Budweiser to get drunk. It's like, no, just, no, that's disgusting. That's, just buy just buy a handle of the cheapest liquor you can get and then chug yeah. that. If you really just want to get trashed, Solid just, point. Just, just do that. I used to go get uh, Fighting Cock. Of course you would. Cheap as hell. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a whiskey, I think. Or ah, bourbon. It sounds awful. Yeah, it's very cheap, but uh, you got drunk off of it. It's very popular in Colombia. Yeah. Ah, 
Oh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm just making it. Oh, well, up right now. It clicked at one point. I was like, oh, yeah, that it's makes sense. Point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't drink until post-21, so I didn't have any roundabout ways to get alcohol. No, I, did, I, I didn't drink until after 21. Right. So. Really? Yeah. We're so similar. That's the same name. Wow. And then drink until after 21. Like, we're drinking like 12 or 13. Oh. No, I remember my... I was in a gang, though. That's true. You were. <laughs> my parent, my parents who don't drink at all anymore. Um, they went in a long, long time. Uh, they used to drink like Coors, I think, is what it was. And uh, I remember one day I was a kid, so still living in Sea Pines Plantation. So somewhere around eighty nine, ninety. <laughs> um, I remember like asking them if this cup had apple juice. I was like, "Oh, apple juice!" And like, I, what? Yeah, what is that, man? I'm in the middle of a story. What the hell? Can you please? Can you put your phone on silent? Dude, my phone is on silent. What was that? Oh, that was my phone. Yeah, come on, Jesus. dude. We're in the middle of a story, Caleb. Dude, I didn't know it was that. It's like Caleb at the choir. movie theater, and you just ruined the whole movie. I don't even know where I was. Um, so my parents had like a, a cup there or something that had, I thought it was apple juice in it. Like, oh yeah, sure, take a sip. I took a sip. It was the most disgusting thing I'd ever tasted in my life because it wasn't apple juice. I was expecting apple juice. It wasn't apple juice. Like apple and, pie. And so I automatically associated it with beers being this nasty right. subject. Because I thought, you know, I was like, oh, it was beer. And so beer was always disgusting to me until, like, way later in life. Yeah, how'd you get into craft beer? It's uh, <laughs> very interesting. So the first, it's funny, the first beer I ever had that I actually liked was um, a Frambois. Lindemann's Frambois. I remember having it and going, oh, I really like this. This is a really good beer. But at the same point in time, I was drinking Riesling, like really sweet Riesling, things mm-hmm. like that. Because I grew up, in, you know, I had Mountain Dew. I would drink like a case of Mountain Dew a day. Oh, yeah. I was, a, I was, a, I was a true American. Um, <laughs> and so like super sweet tea, like over over the top, like just really sweet things. It's just that's that's Americans. Um, and so I had a Frambois at um, Kaminsky's. Okay. And... I was like, this is really, this is beer? I really like this. And if you've ever had Lindemann's Frambois, it's nothing like a real Frambois. It's like super sweet raspberry. Um, and after that, then I actually started getting in other beers. I started drinking. I was like, yeah, maybe I do like beers. And so I started testing the waters with other things. And then eventually I came back to real sour beers. And I was like, oh, I really like sour beers. Hmm. But like not that kind of sour, like real sour. I understand. So you so you got into craft beer through sours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it took me forever to get into sours. Oh. It's, that... Well, I feel, it's funny because I think feel there's there's I mean there's two kinds of people there's people that that initially really like sour beers and that's what gets them into beer, or there's the people that like don't associate that with beer at all. But technically, right. sour beers are the oldest styles of beer in the world. Makes sense. I used to go up to. Homegrown, all the time. I want to look at your stupid list, and I'm like Caleb, I can't even remotely understand what I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't know what I want. Would you please just give me something that I will like? And you just literally the biggest exasperation, like sigh that I could get, and then he would just pour me something. Right. And it would. That's eventually how I started getting into it. And then obviously, since he started with sours, I was introduced to sours, and that's pretty much where I started. But weeds were my biggest thing. Wheat? Yeah, now I don't. 
I don't drink wheat beers. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of wheats anymore. That much. And that's kind of where I started was wheat beer because it was kind of, uh, you know, less bitter and it was a little uh, more filling, I guess. You could just drink one or two and you'd be done. But yeah. Um, and classic styles that we had a place down when I was stationed in Valdosta, Georgia back in the early 90s. Um, had a English pub down there that had a really good, you know, unfiltered uh, classic uh, wheat and my favorite style of beer for like 10 years. That's a long now, time. Now I can't drink them at all. I really don't yeah. like them at all. I really love to have Vitsons and wheat beers. I still like them. Uh, I like all beers. Um, but... I really got later on the saisons and sour beers, so those are yeah kind of my my go tos. Yeah, and that's why we're drinking what we're drinking tonight. Damn straight, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we go into that, right? I mean, homegrown brew house. How'd that come about? When and how and <laughs> how the vision come? I mean, um. Well, it was really funny. So, I mean, I started brewing beer, I guess, about 10 years ago. My sister-in-law gave me a Mr. Beer kit. And uh, just, I mean... That was one of those little small ones, right? Like, yeah, and so I, I ran through, like, the four-pack or whatever it was that came with the kit and was like, all right, I'm ready to move on, and then started doing all-grain beer. And the first all-grain beer I ever made was a sour beer. I made a Berliner Weiss, never actually ever having a Berliner Weiss before. Oh, wow. I was like, this sounds like a cool style. I'm going to make it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and so I made a Berliner Weiss. <laughs> um, How was it? It was really good. And I didn't, I, of course, didn't do it the traditional way. I used actually lactic acid to, to do it. Um, but then eventually started doing it more of a traditional method. Um, but I thought it turned out really good. It was super tart. Um loved it and, uh, and so but it was fun so I I was doing that I was working at Charleston Place Hotel I worked there for seven years um, and for my 30th birthday my wife threw me a surprise birthday party at Holy City and it was the first like thing like that they that they had ever done and I remember being there and like I was like I could do this for the rest of my life just be in the beer world and not be doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and uh, it was actually later on that year that I quit my job and started homegrown. Wow. Yeah. Okay. My wife was like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I'm like, I want to make beer. And she's like, no, nah, really, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, I'm being serious. This is what I want to do. Right. And but so, you're still not making beer, though. I'm still you're not serving making, beer. I'm, not, I'm serving beer. Right. That, and that, that, was, how, that was four years that ago? Was seven. Well, sorry, that was five years ago. Five years, five ago. years ago. Yeah. Oh. But. So. But. But. You're getting ready, right? Yeah, what's, so what's going I, we were trying to put the brewery in at, at Homegrown, and we were going to have to, we ended up going to have to change the name. Um, and I was just, I was going to have to change a lot of things. And um, I love what I've done so far. I love the concept. Um, the concept actually came from the fact that uh, 12 years ago, my wife and I went to um, Lisbon and we went to Portugal and Spain for our um, honeymoon. And in Lisbon, there was a place that had our, well, the town that we were staying in, Palmela, outside of Lisbon, uh, at the bottom of this hill, there was a place that was um, pretty much like an ambassadorship for Portuguese wine. So you went in there, it's like all this different Portuguese wine. That's all it was, just Portuguese wine. 
And then when we went to Lisbon, there was actually a port house that only served Porto, like real authentic oh, love it. port. Yeah. And, um, and so that kind of always stuck with me. I really liked that. And then later on, going to, you know, I went to Asheville, and it's like everybody in Asheville, they were supporting local North Carolina Asheville breweries. Like you go to places, and it was like a ton of local breweries. And in Charleston, it just wasn't the case. There was, um, you'd go, everybody would have like maybe one token beer on tap. It's like, okay, we have Pluck Mud Porter and that's it. Or we have White Tie and that's it. Um, or we have Palmetto Lager and that's, that's, that's our local beer. We're done. And so I was like, man, I was like, I was like, that sucks. Like, it's just a stupid scene to where we're not supporting our, our local brands. And so... I kind of modeled the whole homegrown idea out of that, out of supporting local South Carolina beers. And uh, and I love it. I love what I've done. And so kind of like changing up the format was kind of hard anyways. And having to change the name of the, of the, the place and then not really being able to do as much production brewing as I wanted to. It kind of was just... I originally put the, the place on the market just to kind of see how much... I got a broker to come in to really just tell me the valuation of the place um, for purposes of forming an LLC. And after he told me what he thought it was worth, and I was like, no, nah, not really. I was like, okay, I've got this and this and this. All these are problems. So how much do you really think? Like, let's come down in price. And he's like, no, no, this is the price that I think that it's worth. And I really think you can get that much for it. And so I was like, all right, fine. And so the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? If I just sell it and let somebody else kind of move on with homegrown, then I can actually go on to start a production brewery and and do what I what I really want to do and so um, like I said I've been doing this for five years uh, and I'm <clears throat> I feel like there's two kinds of people in the world there's uh, creators and then there's cultivators and so you know creators are the people that make things from almost like from scratch you know it's like doing art or music or anything like that that you guys talk about on this podcast and then there's cultivators who are the people who will take what that creation is and kind of continue it on or maybe maybe even make it better. And so, um, and I've always been a creator. I've always liked to make things from scratch, but I don't necessarily typically like to maintain it. Um, and so, I'm like, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to actually create something new. Okay. So. I love it. I think it's such a great idea. Yeah. So when can we expect that? As soon as someone <laughs> buys, somebody buy my spot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've had a, which uh, is the classic thing. It's only worth what somebody would pay for it, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And so I've had you know a few people look at it, and it hasn't been it hasn't been a perfect fit for the, the people who've looked at it yet. But I've got a, a couple other people who are still interested, and so um, I don't know. You know, whenever when somebody offers the right amount, mm-hmm. I'll say all right. Now it's time to move on. Right. So, and I, I mean, and it, yeah, I would love to see Homegrown stick around and for somebody else to take it to the next level that I te- I just can't take it there right now. Um, and so it would be, it'd be nice to see it stay the same, but it, it might not stay the same. Right. So. Yeah. Might be a law firm or something. No. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and that Slow might, down. My hope is that that's not what happens, yeah. but... Oh my um, goodness. That would be just detrimental to my happiness. Yeah. Or a dance studio or something. Oh, stop it. 
Dude, there's so much it's, like that's wall still better. Space. The dance studio is better though. The, it's yeah, just, it's better than law firm. Well, it, <laughs> at least you're creating something and, and helping the the youth, the youths, the youths. Yeah, youths of the, the community. Youths. Youths. These yeah. youths. You, you, you don't know. Too young for that. Oh, there's no way that's the right way. We were to talking about so we're talking about Cobra Kai the other day. It's, it's, that's Dan, Dan yeah. Slim right there. Ralph Macho's in that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my cousin Vinny. Okay. All right. Moving on. <clears throat> so maybe somebody might buy the spot if you'd fix the fucking urinal in the bathroom. I don't care about the urinal. What's going on? <laughs> Why has the urinal never worked in homegrown? Five years. Uh, so behind the urinal, there's a leak in the wall. And I was like, well, I can fix it or not worry about it at all because it's a freaking, it's a single stall bathroom. Yeah. yeah. And so I just didn't worry about it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. I just didn't worry about it. Right. So you would have to cut the drywall out, fix the leak behind the wall, patch it back up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically, it's not that big of a deal. But I just never did it because I've had too many other things that I'm worried about. <laughs> I mean, I'm being completely honest. I just don't care. No, we crazy. like the honesty. That's fair enough. <laughs> just, I've just always wondered why like the, can't we fix a urinal? It's, it's like the last thing on my on my list of things that I care about. So, and I mean, out of all the things that you know, DHEC comes in and all these people, inspectors come in and they say you need to have a, a railing that's so many inches from the toilet and yes. this and the the certain amount of lumens and lights. You would think yes. they would make it that you all had to have those a urinal. Those things, yeah, all of them. I know way more about like DHEC codes and building codes than I ever thought that I'd have to know. Lumens, yeah. really? Like oh thing? yeah, they come in with a light meter and they check the, the lumens. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. yeah, he had to put a brighter light in. There and it's funny though because point. if you like walk into my bathroom, it's like straight up to code, like and it's the brightest bathroom you probably ever walk into. You go to anybody <laughs> else's restaurant bathroom, it's like how did they pass? And it's like yeah. just, they just, like changed the light bulb out whenever they came right. in. And just like Grace's bathroom was super dim. I thought, yeah. you know, before they burned down. Now it was bright when the fire was going. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. Yeah, sorry, Mike. But uh, <laughs> too soon. I get a laugh out of that. Too soon. It'd be pretty funny. No, it's not too soon. <laughs> and they broke ground finally. They're, really? They're, yeah, they're starting yeah. to rebuild over there. Yeah, no, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty cool. I just yeah, made I think uh, it's gonna be bigger and better, better. People keep saying bigger though. I'm like, are they putting in a? I saw that. Uh, I, mean, I, I like that. That's the thing too. Yeah, there's, there's only so much space over there. But. Make America Grace again. Make America Grace again. I'm gonna it's buy a, one of those June hats. June something, right? June's. I don't even know the date. But. I don't know. I just made the design. <clears throat> Did you? Oh, yeah, I sent it to him oh, a okay. couple weeks ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's gonna be a good thing. Trump uses two different fonts in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for them to reopen at some point. That's my, that's my favorite spot in town. Yeah, we're trying to put an event together, and, and Mike's already agreed to uh, to support us and be out there and do yeah. some whatever he does, sliders, tacos, whatever he's doing right now to try and just maintain some momentum and recognition and heck yeah, whatever. But All about it. We're ready for another beer. No. Yeah. No. I'm being way sarcastic. I've oh, been I was, ready. I was, I was about to say, I might need oh, a, we new, have more uh, glasses, a new host. Don't we? What's up? Do we have more glasses? Uh, we can get more glasses if you want. I just drink mine out. I'm just going to do what Caleb did. I like that idea. All right. You got to drink your beer water, man. <clears throat> you get a little bit of water. I mean, that's what you do at a festival, right? You just rinse it Hydrate. out. Hydrate. Keep the same glass. So you think I rinse out my cup? your beers. I just keep adding to it. Well, after having this and knowing what that goose tastes like, I mean, they're really similar in flavor profile. So, 
Okay. I mean, we've done that once before where oh, we yeah. had a similar style beer. We just poured it in the same glass. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't either, but, you know, we, we got, literally have we got the this guy here with the two-finger right two yeah, thing. I'm, I'm, according to Mike, I'm pretentious. So. <laughs> different glassware, two fingers. I mean, we're talking to uh, Mr. Beer over here. But I, the thing is, though, is like, yes, I know that I'm over the edge and I can be pretentious, but um, there has to be people like me, I think. Agreed. To kind of draw, to draw the other people out from their... Really I mean, like I said earlier, we're like I didn't. Doing I don't think I would have got so into craft beer if you had just walked up and like. Me in the eye with that. That's what she said. Why is this fucking thing not coming off there? Here. <laughs> he does it all the time. What are you doing? What did you do here? I didn't do anything. I just <laughs> didn't. Usually it just comes right off, but it it didn't uh, it didn't release. Oh man, it's got like it's got two. Does it have two cages? It has two cages on it. Wow. You got the special one. <laughs> wow. Can we do wow. Can we do anything with this knife? <laughs> Can we do anything with this, with this knife right here? Be careful. Oh, yeah. Gordon wanted... I got it. Gordon wanted you to cut the wax off. I was yeah, like, that's Gordon. Why I chose... I specifically chose beers that didn't have... Yeah, have Gordon was like, make sure you get a beer with the wax on it. Oh, that's me. great. Yeah, I've never seen a... I've this never, is absolutely insane. I don't I've never seen they, a gauge like that. He's going to be put. so happy to find out that we still had problems. <laughs> yeah. I have... <laughs> yeah, let's try and pry this bitch off. Well, I need to break the wires while you do first. How... Were these nice. machine put on or? So for yeah, those yeah, of you, I mean, for a company like this, they probably they have some sort of machine. For those of you not watching the video, just listening to the audio, um, we are having a hard time. It's kind of like a champagne style yeah. bottle. We're trying to get this cage off so we can pop the cork, yeah. and uh, we turned it, you know, and released it, uh, loosened it up, and it's not I'm coming gonna, off. I'm just going to break the wire unless you have some wire cutters here. Downstairs uh, we do. I have to go down to the garage, but I mean, we've got this nice knife. Supplied by Accent on Wine right ah, here. There we go. I've got a bench made knife. Plug that in here real quick. So now that's all. Feel free to send me any bench made knives. I will accept <laughs> all of them. Bench made. <laughs> what is I don't I have no idea how they did this. Right, so well, you said we had a um, this level of brewing it would be machine. Yeah. So Timmermans. Timmermans. Tim, Timmer. They're out of Belgium. Um, I had a knife up here at one point. Like I got with some cutters. This, off. this is insane. I've never seen this before. Double caged. See, that's man. They like completely had these things intertwined. It wasn't like they just put a cage on, put another cage on. Like the two cages were meshed yeah, together. The, the machine or whatever messed up, probably. I guess. Yeah. So, it's a special so we're beer. selling homegrown. We talked about that. So, Funky Firkin Fest. When is that coming back? Is that coming back? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> nice. We got it. Um, pour your own. I think it's pour other people's first. You're the guest. Pour your own beer. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, I was going to have you read this. Actually, it's too, Caleb. 
if, if you uh, if you would please. Yeah, we're making him do all the work right now. That's man, ridiculous. my eyes are so bad. I just I'd prefer, and he kind of knows this thing going on, the style. So we're doing something different. Let the guests read some shit. We did that. I don't like reading. Another day though. Uh, don't make this man read. Right? That's crazy. Do you want me to read something for you? Yeah, read that. Read something. You're killing me. Read that shit right there. The fuck, man? It's a goddamn paragraph. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, Oud Goose? Oud Goose. Is an Appalachian controlly? What the fuck? That pretty <laughs> much. It's, it that pretty much means it's like it's the same thing as champagne, to where you technically can only have champagne from the Champagne region of France. You okay. Can only have. Also known as champagne of beers. I'm pretty sure that's Miller High Life, but okay. <laughs> this is the real champagne. Real champagne of beers. <laughs> I like that better. Napoleon called the Berliner Weiss the champagne of the north. Ooh. Oh, I mean, I kind of like that too. Yeah, so. Uh, it says, uh, Termin's Oud Goose, special flavor derived from its time-honored method of preparation. It is a blend of old Lambic, which has been aged for three years in wooden barrels, and young Lambic, which ensures ensures spontaneous fermentation in the bottle. The different lambics are carefully selected by the brewer to obtain a perfect flavor. After it has been produced, Timmermans Oud Goose, which is re-fermented for four months in the bottle, continues to improve for 20 years. Yeah. And this is a four-year-old bottle here. Right, 2014. And then there's a lot that talks about the uh, discovering of Britannomyces, which I don't need to get into because Caleb covered all of that. Right. Awesome. You did a great job, Caleb. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks, man. Although you closed my website, but that's cool. Yeah, I'm not used to touch screens. So I, I touched your screen. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's what you do with touch screens. So you use some. Okay. I'm getting the last final shot here. Very fancy. Let's cheers. Cheers right. to the real champagne of beers. Well, and that, let's uh, cheers to hopefully selling. Homegrown. Homegrown brewers. And to new adventures. Starting new adventures, yeah. Heck yeah. It smells kind of danky. Ooh. Wow. Man. That's good. Yeah. Funky, tart. Oh. Champagne, effervescence. This is what I drink for New Year's every year. Wow. This is amazing. I mean, this is up there with the Rodenbach. The 2012 that uh, you know Gordon and I rated. Wow, this is up there. Yeah, I'd say so. At least uh, equal, and maybe even better. This is amazing. <sighs> Limited edition. How long have you nice had this? Lemony. That's my last bottle that I have. Really? Yeah. Man, we appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. Wow. I think I had. I've had a bottle of that every year for New Year's for like the past three or four years. So we stole you your New more? Year's bottle? I can get more. Where? Can you just order the Distributor. Oh, okay. I don't know how what the age will be on them, but... Do you know so what the I mean, age like is on part, this one? So, part of, so this is 2014. 2014. So part oh. of that beer is is seven years old. Or, well, four... Yeah, seven years old. That's good. <clears throat> Super good. It's oh. I don't even see. There's just something about tasting a beer that has been made for just forever. 
you can taste the history in it. I don't know. We talked about that with Gordon as well. Yeah, I mean, and you can tell the difference between these beers and like a, a Goza or Berliner Weiss to where it's like that single note tartness where this has so much complexity to it. Yeah. Because it's not just lactobacillus. You're mixing in pediococcus and acetobacter and different strands of botanomyces. Um, and they all create like a different level of tartness or um, whatever flavor profile they're adding to the beer. It's like making a freaking potion. I mean, it's, it's, this is where I love beer for the sheer fact that it's not, it's science and art mixed together because you can be just like a, like a scientist and make beer. I mean, that's almost like the German way to make beer. And I'm not, I'm not discrediting Germans at all, but they have their engineers, their, they're very strict on the way they do things. They don't change the recipe. This is how we make beer. And it's straight up science. This is it. Mm. Um, and then you go to like Belgians and the Belgians are almost like it's more art than anything else. It's like, well, this is like these. You're blending three different years of a beer to get the flavor profile that you're looking. It's not, it's not like, it's not a formula to where it's like, Okay, this beer, this beer, and this beer, we're going to blend together and we're going to bottle it and not ever taste it. It's like you have to taste it and understand what your ratios are going to be. And is this tank good enough for this beer that we're looking for? And, you know, you might you go a year and you're like, ah, eh, it's not quite right. And so it, it, it was a, it's science to make it get to that point. But to get it to the final step is, is, is art. Yeah, it's a great explanation. Very good. It's kind of like Richard roasting with coffee. Right. I mean, you could sit down and I could follow <clears throat> instructions to the temperature, oh. but you watch like a master do it, and you're like that tastes totally different than what I did. Right. I don't know what you it's, like affecting gas and stuff. It's it's basically the same thing with just a different. Yeah, I mean, it's medium. not with anything. I mean, you look at like chefs, like people like Mike, you know. It's okay. Yeah, there's a scientific way to make food, but there's also an art form to it to uh, pull out different flavors or maybe think of something in a way that nobody else has. <clears throat> make a new recipe. So same beer, making recipes, making judgment calls that maybe people before you might not have done. So. Are you still making beer? Uh yes ish. <laughs> I haven't home brewed in a while, but I've brewed with breweries and made recipes for. That's right. You do a lot of yeah. collaborations. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of my outlet right now. So, which, which is all... great. I mean, you don't have to clean up any mess or anything. I mean, everybody else has to. Do I like it. to bring a lot of people with me when I go to those things, and then it's yeah. like people who have never brewed before, and they're really excited to clean out the mash tun. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you. You have fun cleaning that mash tun out. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it, but like I said, it's, it's funny though because, like I said, you go. I've taken like a, you know a group of people to go brew up frothy beard or something like that, and it's it's like people who've never done it before, and they're so excited, and it's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll clean your kegs and I'll clean out the mash tun and do all this stuff, and they're getting hot and sweaty, and I'm just over there with my beer, like you get, yeah, yeah, keep it up, guys. Oh my gosh, and you're uh, and they're excited. That? Damn, with all this home brew Tom talk, Sawyer? I should have, I should have uh, chilled down one of my beers. We could have drank one of those too, but I'll give you one. Remind me to give you one to take home with you. Uh, my toasted coconut stout. 
That's a shame, man, because you really want to have him on camera when he tastes it. So. No, not really. But what, what was his name? Tom Sawyer? He was the, uh, he was the kid that tricked everyone into doing all, all of his work. Yeah, yeah okay. That's you. Yeah, I'm Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as a compliment. Yeah. Waiting for you to run Work away with smarter, him. not harder. Oh, that was Huckleberry Finn that ran away with the big black guy. Right? They, they were intertwined. So it was, I think, yeah, I think Huckleberry Finn was on there. Right. right yeah. We're going to have to play Rush yeah. during this part of the episode, right down the time. Tom Sawyer. Rush Tom Sawyer. We're not playing Tom Sawyer. Although I do know that song. Do you? Rush was the first CD that I ever played in my first car. Slap the bass. Yes. Slap the bass, mom. Yeah, reference. I like it. Yeah. It was a good what album. What's the, the name of that movie? I Love You, Man. Yeah. I Love You, Man. It's a great movie. I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. Oh, hell yeah. He's fantastic. The Ant-Man movie is coming out. I the second Ant-Man, Ant-Man movie. Yes, it looks so good. Yeah. I still haven't seen the first one. Really? What? It's great. It's probably one of the best out there. Somebody I, mean, uh, somebody I used to work with, she told me that I reminded her of Paul Rudd. Yeah. And I took it as like a huge compliment. I was like, oh, thanks. It was like my dry, I think it was my dry humor. She really, and I was like, I'm like, I take it as a compliment. I like Paul Rudd. You're like, right. it's dry, but you're goofy. And sarcastic, so it's not quite like you're an asshole, but you're just right on the edge. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm nice enough to where, you, yeah. If you know me, you don't take it so offensively. But if you don't right. know me, <laughs> yeah. I've had, yeah, I've had people who, yeah, don't don't get it. Yeah, have you ever had like accidentally made a joke and like a customer took oh, it I've the offended, total wrong way? I've offended tons of people, like, oh, not yes. really realizing it. And... Well, let's hear one of those stories. No? <laughs> I think there's <laughs> too many. Yeah, I don't, know. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can go into that. Oh, man. Well, I apparently offended one person one day with my IBU comment that I made. Because um, people all the time come in and they want to ask for, like, they ask for hoppy beers. And I, I hate, I hate the term hoppy. Like, because it doesn't really mean anything. It's like asking for a beer made with malt. You know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're all made with malt. They're all made with hops. Um, so hoppy, what does hoppy mean to you? And are you looking for something bitter? Are you looking for something aromatic? Or, like, what kind of hops do you like? Because, like, I mean, especially you can see with, with IPAs these days. You have New England IPAs. You have West Coast IPAs. So what is it that you like? Do you like bitter IPAs? Because that's different than a New England IPA. Yeah. Technically, New England IPAs have more hops in them than West Coast IPAs. Right. Now, it takes a lot more hops to make <clears throat> an aromatic, flavorful beer IPA than it does to make just a bitter IPA. Is that adding more hops later on? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting married. Yeah, the flavor. So, and then we talk about IBUs. I got people who be like, "Oh, what what's the IBU on this beer? I want something that's got high in IBUs." And I'm like, "Well, what do you what exactly you're looking for?" Because Talking about like you looking at IBUs and stuff like that, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter unless you know all of the all the stats. Do you know what the original gravity of the beer was? Do you know what the final gravity of the beer is? Because it can be high in IBUs but not actually taste bitter, depending on all the stats of the beer. Um, because if there's still more like residual sweetness left in the beer, residual sugars, um, it might have a higher IBU level. But it's not the perceived bitterness is not going to be there. You'll have imperial stouts that have higher IBUs than 
IPAs, but the IPA is going to taste more bitter than the Imperial Stout. So you I, had a great. I don't know if it was an analogy. I think when you were texting me about it the other day, I was probably talking about, talking about cars. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because you can think about that. People are like, oh, how much horsepower does your car yes. have? And it's like, well, okay, my car has two hundred horsepower, but fantastic. Well, how heavy is your car? Is is your car aerodynamic? Um, what's the gear ratio? Like, there, there's a lot of things that go into play, and if you don't know all those things, you can make generalizations and be like oh it's got 300 horsepower so it does this but you can have a little you know rice burner that's going to kill it so yeah um and so it's the same thing with with ibus it's like we can make generalizations about ibus but um you don't know unless you know all the others or just taste it right um and it's a very good point so i thought that was great yeah it really cleared yeah. things up. I'm and like, so, oh, I just and, don't care. And it's funny because it's one of those things like you guys look at Untap. Untap's not always necessarily run by. It's not run by the brewer all right. the time. So you yeah. have me, me, you, Caleb could put it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because like the guys at Frothy Beard, like I, you know, I got I got on Joey early on about it, and he started like kind of really taking over their Untap stuff and putting the beers in themselves, making sure that all the stats were right. Um, before the customer does because you can get a customer like me that I'm like ask, I'm like I want to know exactly what the ABV on it is I want to know what the real name of the beer is like I, I want to know those things before I put it in there because I want the information to be correct my at homegrown my entire menu is run off of untapped mm-hmm. um, I like for things to be correct I like facts sure um, but then you get some people that just they, they don't they don't get it it's like they misspell things they they don't put the alcohol in, by volume in there. And then once it's in there, it's in there. And once people start logging it, and if the brewery doesn't like really take over that oh, that login and actually fix it, then it's it, you're stuck with a you're stuck with a listing that's not correct. It's right. Fake news. And every, every so often, you got two or three different ones in there that you yeah, got to try and choose. Exactly. Okay, well, which one is this? Which one has the most check-ins? Is usually what most people go with, but yeah. which doesn't make it the correct one? But yeah. I just kind of figured that'd be something you want to be on as a brewer, and and some brewer, so and some breweries care. It's like the guys at Holy City are pretty good about it. The guys at Frothy Beard are good about it. I mean, there there are breweries that they care. You have people like Thomas Creek and Carolina Barnhouse that are always kind of like keeping up with it and keeping up with their with their clients on it. And then you got other breweries that just don't care at all. And it's like I can see your point to where you might not want to on a personal level. You don't care about it. It's like the same way I feel about Instagram. I just don't care about Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) But there are people that do care about it. And so it's that it's that point of like actually like focusing on it. And especially if you're in the beer world, I feel like I mean, that's that is the number one beer app out there. That is the best. That is your. That is what most beer enthusiasts are looking at first. Right. Yeah. And so if you want to represent yourself in a certain way and put like whatever your little spiel is about that beer on there, if you, you know, like that's the platform to kind of do it right now. At least with Untapped, once you enter it, I mean, this is a negative as much as a positive to bring it back around. Once you enter it all in, you're done. You don't have to worry. Like it, your customers will handle the rest of all the check-ins and whatnot, which is nice. And I can see people not liking it because I, I mean, they're, they're like, you know, you know, I don't rate beers on Untap. I don't. I used to. I don't anymore, because for me personally, it's like when I'm rating a beer, it's like first off, is this true style? Yes or no. Is it free of 
off flavors? Yes or no? Do I personally like it? Yes or no? And those are the things that go into play. But the most important thing is stylistically and off flavors. Is it clean? Is it two style? And then that's going to give it a certain rating. And then whether it, it's a, an exceptional beer is whether it's going to take it to the next level. And there are people, so it's like, you know, I'll drink Coors Light and be like, all right, three, 3.5. Because is it to style? Yeah. Do I like it? That's that's beside the point. I don't really like that style of beer, but hmm. but, it, but to style, that's what it, that's what the style tastes like. Um, and you have people that do that all day long with IPAs. Like, I hate IPAs. 0.25. And it's like, Stop well, rating IPAs if you don't like you don't like IPAs and they're like, well, it's for me personally. Well, you already know you hate IPAs, so just don't rate it. And so you have this, so it, it's the Yelp of of the beer world to where you have the, everybody's got an opinion, everybody's everybody thinks their opinion matters and it, it doesn't. I'm sorry. It oh, doesn't. you don't have to apologize. I think we all agree. Yeah. Well, I don't say I would say nobody's opinion matters. I mean, when I go on there, I look at my friends list and I know which friends I trust with that information (laughs) and I'll go by certain friends to say, I think I'm going to like this beer because I know that this person does a great job at the same thing, determining is it true to style, which is what I kind of go with. Actually, we picked the Birds Fly (laughs) South nights like these based off Gordon's yeah, Thank I, trust, I trust Gordon's ratings. Yeah, I think we have well, similar, similar tastes, similar styles, whatever. But he did a good rating, so it was exactly true to what he expected. But then there's other people that I know that do just like what you said. They yeah. don't like IPA, so they're never going to rate an IPA very good. But and in my mind, it's like just don't, just don't yeah. rate it. Don't Why rate would it. you go through the trouble? And yeah. it's the same. It's the same way. Like I said, it's, the, it's the, that Yelp thing. It's like you walk into a Chinese restaurant. You're like, they didn't have pizza. One star. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. for, and what did you? What are you expecting? Like, right. just because it's not what you personally wanted it to be, doesn't mean that it deserved that rating. Yeah. You walked into a Chinese restaurant. Is it a Chinese restaurant? Check. Okay. Is it clean? Check. Like, let's let's yeah. run through those things. So I have it all the time with people with, with homegrown. It's like they walk in and they be like. Well, he didn't have beer from California. It's like, well, that's not our style. That's yeah. not what we do. Yeah. So, so get over it. And it's like they'll walk in and be like, before we, when I didn't have wine, it's like no wine. So I'm like, what the freaking? And then we never said we're gonna. If I let, if I'd have had a sign outside saying wine, and you walk inside, we don't have wine. I can understand you being mad about it. <laughs> yeah, but it says brew house. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have anything gluten free in there. No, we don't because we don't love gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, that's so that's good. It's great. Yeah, that's yeah, good information. I like it. Yeah, most definitely. So I guess Untapped should have more than one rating option to give you a total. That would it would be nice if they had nice like had different... a personal rating system compared to like I want this brewery to know what I think, and it's like, but even then, I mean, it's so oh, it's yeah, so pretentious assholes. of us to think. That our rating really matters, and it's like, well, I think it's like, well, who are you to rate this beer? Like, do you really know anything about beers? Probably not. You're not so a it really doesn't matter. Well, and not even that, but it's like, how good is your flavor profile, anyways, to be able to actually under? Do you understand beer styles? Like somebody, somebody makes a malt beer. How much do you know about alt beers to right. properly rate that beer? But it's still an average Solid rating. Point. So I mean, I, yeah. I think it's an average of all yeah, those. Yeah, everything's. 3.25 on untapped or 3.4 yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't really know if I and should. Like, I was making higher. a joke with like Justin Familari one day, and I was talking about like everything being three point four, and so he was talking about his beers at at Familari's brew pub. And I was like, does they have a 3.4 rating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to need to make a beer, just call it 3.4. Yeah. That'd be good. I'll make one. Okay. Do it. I got a Saison downstairs I'm ready to make. I just haven't gotten around to it. Well, I, I really hope Saison. it's worthy of 3.4. Oh, it's going to be 3.5 at least. I don't want to have it then. It's too much. I asked you a question earlier. We kind of skipped over it. Well, we were pouring this beer, I think. I might have skipped over it on purpose. No, it was just, um, it was Funky Firkenfest. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's skip over that again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've done a couple of them. Uh, is that ever coming back again? Is that something that's... I that, uh, don't foresee it happening this year. Um, it's a lot of work to do that. And unfortunately, like, Somerville's not there yet. <laughs> right. I just I mean, this is our third year that we did it, and it's just, it hasn't grown our first year was actually our biggest year. And then um, even though people were like, oh, I loved it. It was great. Loved the festival. It was fantastic. Just can't get the support behind it. Right. And I had people complain about ticket prices first off. And it's like, man, I was charging, what, $55, I think, a ticket for it for unlimited beer and sour beers, things you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, a beer festival just got released the other day. I think it's $80 a ticket for, for a festival. The Reverie one? Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere, somewhere around there, 7580 And I'm not knocking that because it is a fair price for what you were getting. And so, unfortunately, people just don't get it. They don't get the fact that that, that's, that $55 is a really good deal for it. And yeah. I just get, it's a ton of work to put into a, an event that doesn't make any money. Like, I did, we didn't make really any money at all over the past three years. Every yeah. year I thought I was going to lose money. <laughs> and so, oh, and so it's, just, it's just a lot of energy, a lot of work. And, I, and I, not that I don't love it, um, but for something that's kind of underappreciated, I just felt that talents and energy would be used better elsewhere. Yeah. So I'm actually yeah. trying to work on an event um, this year that if I haven't, still haven't heard back from Mike Carcutt, but this, I'm calling you out, Carcutt. Um, <laughs> I want to do an event this year called um, uh, Beer Versus Wine. And uh, my thought process was have Mike make a menu, whether it be a four-course, five-course meal, whatever it is. Um, and he set that. That's, that's totally up to him. Um, and then uh, I know Vinny from Accent on Wines already on board, but Vinny would pick all the wines to pair with that, with, with nice. the food. And I would pick the beer to pair with the food. And we would not release that until like the day of. And so it would be, um, you'd come in, you knew what the food was going to be. You didn't know what the wine or the beer was going to be. And with each course, you would get um, a sample of wine, a sample of beer. And then all, and give people like the ability to maybe even like rate each one, like who wins that round. And just as just as for fun. Right. But I think it would, be, it would it. be good because it would get wine people to come to it and beer people to come to it and people that might not necessarily drink the other. Like, because people who only drink beer and don't drink wine, people that only drink wine don't drink beer and kind of see that uh, there is more to life than just one style of alcohol. Um, and it'd be cool just to kind of to open people's um, eyes to the fact that you can, that there's a lot to offer in the beer world and the wine world. So. 
Dude, that's Very cool. Great idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. I would love. Where yes. would you do that? At the New Graves, maybe when it opens well, up. Well, it all depends on what at that because I want to do this for Charleston Beer Week, and so I highly doubt that they'd be. I don't know. If yeah, they'd be open by I don't, I don't think we're so. gonna be close. Yeah, September. I'm thinking. How long does it take November, to build a December? building? Well, you told me early on it was gonna be eight months, so at least eight months. So wow. Um, but either way, I mean, it would be we we would be able to either do one of the three spots. So, right. but like, I think it'd be a cool way to get all three of our businesses um, involved in something that could be different, something that that nobody's done recently or done around. I think that's area, great. So right, count me in. Well, I know uh, <laughs> I know Mike and I know Nick. Or you know, they're both uh, subleasing the kitchen over there, at Coastal Coffee Roaster. So it might be, you know, if there was no other venue, use the warehouse space and do like an event there. Use the kitchen. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing ideas out there, but I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to keep everybody involved, all the local people. Mm-hmm. Well, I even thought, even if I had, I thought about doing it on Sunday at Homegrown. So since we're not open. Yeah. That's not bad. But, Everyone, well, if need but I mean, be. yeah, you might not, not even have the spot at that time. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, who exactly. Knows? So this is a there's a lot of things up in the air. But, yeah, um, <clears throat> maybe we have the spot. Man, I wish. <laughs> show, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. That's right. the reason got, we don't have the spot. Hold on, oh, okay, fine. Check. Cool. Do it. Oh yeah, I will I, sit here and wait as I well. Will, I will take it to the bank. Um. <laughs> <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Out of the crap conversation, spot bank account. Here's all the money. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We we about to go somewhere else? No, no. I mean, I can. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. No. Thank you for confess. That's how we got on that whole thing. Yeah, I can't believe you brought that back up. It's a sore subject. It is a sore subject. <laughs> I brought it's that. Pretty up. cool logo. I mean, it was pretty collaborative, I would say. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much worked together on the logo. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about that time, but going back and looking at all the logos and things that I made for people had like 18 <clears throat> like texture, like dirt things on all of them. I'm like, you can't even see the logo. There's so many like grain and dots. I really love that. There is the rustic look. Yeah, I'm it's glad Fanny Laurie's didn't use there. that anymore, and you stopped using it on the logos, and I like it so much better both ways. I'm like, thank God. Well, it's nice to have just like a clean logo, and then if you want to add patina to it for whatever you're trying to do, you can. Because it's the thing, everybody wanted to print on shirts and make it look like it was like worn in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Cracks me up when I see it. Some people it. love my truck. They love the I patina. had a guy come in. I had the truck written down here. I was going to talk about the truck. Talk about like, who's uh, who's the guy that drives the old truck? Caleb. <laughs> it's name is Herman. <laughs> He's like, it's, a, it's an awesome truck. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's fun. I like it. Why would we name it Herman? Uh, so um, a few reasons. Ah, uh, it, it you know looks like well, a, first off, looks like a Herman. What me. is the truck? I mean, the it's, year, uh, make, 1969 model. GMC 1500. Um, it's. Herman. Like almost like that turquoise blue, like seafoam, seafoam yeah. green blue. I like that. It's spot um, on. With rust and whatnot on it. <laughs> patina. Patina. I really love patina. Patina. Um, uh, it's got a, a straight six 250. 
This is the second one in it. Yeah, I was going to say. I blew up the yeah. first one. <laughs> uh, well, the guy who sold to me lied about a bunch of stuff, and I blew up the engine on the way home. What? Uh, right. Oh, yeah, when yeah. he first bought it. Didn't even make it all the way back. Oh, it was great because, man, it's like I called, you know, I called my friend. I was like, hey, man, what do you think about this truck? It's got a 250. He's like, oh, 250, it's a bulletproof engine. And everybody talking bulletproof, bulletproof, bulletproof. Yeah, it's bulletproof, <laughs> but it will still throw a rod through the side of the motor. And so, yeah, it had a what? huge hole in the motor. Um, yeah, so I, get, I, I found a guy up in Myrtle Beach that had a 250 sitting in a storage unit out of a Camaro. Um, <clears throat> bought it for $50. Wow. And what? I, I, I rebuilt the whole thing. Quotes. Uh, I did everything except for pull the head and pistons out. So, But I, I did, redid the whole motor, the outside of it. Uh, put it back in the truck. Transmission was busted. <sighs> and it's got a TH400, which is a nice transmit, automatic transmission. So Damn. I had to get the transmission rebuilt on it. So it's got like basically a brand new transmission, almost new motor. Um, Still automatic? Yeah. Nice. It's a it's a it's a good like I say good transmission yeah three three on the or three speed but on the column, um, but it's uh I don't know it's a it's a work mule it's not it's not a it's a low end like got a lot of torque <clears throat> is that but I mean it's, it's dependent now I mean it's dependable yeah I mean I haven't really had any problems lately I put a new um, radiator in it recently to take care of my coolant issues and I'm about to put a new carburetor in it. Because the carburetors, I broke some bolts on it whenever I was trying to adjust the fuel mixture, so it runs really rich. And it also is still a manual choke, so I got a carburetor coming in the mail. It's got an automatic automatic choke on it. Okay. So that should take care of most everything. So manual meaning you have to pull the choke out on the dash right yeah, there. which doesn't really matter in the summertime, but in the wintertime. And I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter about the manual choke because we're in Charleston and... Yeah. It's not a big deal. And then we had like the coldest winter I've ever had. Right. And it's like every day <laughs> trying to get it started up was a pain. Yeah. Um so but just having the auto choke and that and being able to actually adjust my fuel air mixture will be huge. And then I'll have to get exhaust on it because it has no exhaust right oh, now. Oh my god. So it sounds like people like hear it at the traffic light, they're like, oh this guy's got a uh, a 350. I had a guy the other day. He's like, got a V8 in there, right? And I'm like, nope, straight six. <laughs> it's a four cylinder. And he's like, well, there's something wrong with your exhaust. And I was like, yeah, I don't have any. <laughs> so. Yeah. So with your catalytic converter, dude? That's no. Yeah. Didn't make those back then. <laughs> nope. So yeah, so I'm, I'm like just, I'm just, I'm just okay, running, down, running down the checklist. There you go. Man, at least you're funny. going through the checklist. Yeah, I mean, I, I took my kids to school the other day, and they're like, oh, we really love the smell. I'm like, that's gasoline. Like, <laughs> you love the smell of gasoline, apparently. Both my kids do. Yeah. So I don't. I, I used don't. to love it too, man. Same. At the gas station. Like, it smells really good in here. I'm like, no, nah, not really, but okay. It's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So that's the richness you're talking about, right? With the carburetor, carburetor mixture. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, and it also has like a, on the carburetor, there's a, there's a fuel leak. So it's spitting fuel out while it's pumping nice. fuel. In. Yeah. You ever going to. Take oh, it's oh, it's a fan. It's I'm like, that's why I was like, I gotta get. I just need to get a new carburetor because this is getting this is getting the the leak is getting worse, and that's why I couldn't I couldn't fix it. So, yeah. But it's I mean I I originally bought it as a truck to work on. I didn't realize I was immediately going to have to work on right. the motor and transmission. But we never did, we never did get into the name Herman. Yeah, Herman. Yeah. Um. So, um. 
It's funny. I always imagined Herman Munster from the Munsters <laughs> to be. I was wondering if that's where it came from. Like I always imagined it to be almost like that seafoam green color because, like you know, Frankenstein's monster people. It's like got that green color in the cartoons, um, and and it is a it's a it's a monster. I have to, <laughs> I've had to replace the heart and the brain of it, and it, it's getting pieced together like a like a the <laughs> like Herman Munster would have been since he's right. a, de- a comic depiction of. Um, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and I, I loved that show when I was a kid. So just Herman. Yeah. And it sounds American too. Herman. That's it cool. fits. I've the never truck. named any of my cars. Really? Well, and they're supposed to name your car after a girl, you know. And it's like all these female names, and I'm like, no, this is Herman. Yes. Hermosa. I didn't name my car after a female either. Yeah, yours was Perry. Perry. That's right. Yeah. I've never named a car. That's a shame. And I've had like well, fifteen have, cars. Yeah, this is. I think this is the first car that I ever named. I had, uh, my first car was a 1970 Buick Skylark. Hmm. Wow. And I didn't even name that one. Yeah. Brian, you're super down there. It's got a name. You just got to ask it what his name is. <laughs> it has no name. Cars or right trucks with character have names. Right now, it's the name is because it, it won't start most times, but. It's been starting a lot since my car broke down. Well, that's true. <laughs> I've been driving a lot more lately. Yeah. Yeah. So let's keep that good energy going. No. Are you ever going to put AC in Herman? Because I know there's no way it has it. Uh, well, yeah, it does. I just roll the windows down. Uh, today was hot too. <laughs> yeah, dude, you like, live in Somerville. It's way too hot for it that. It was like no breeze today. I'm sitting in line waiting to pick my kids up from school. And I'm just like, this is this is really, really hot right now. Um, I don't, if the AC thing would be like one of the last things that I would ever do. Cause they have like conversion kits where you can put, you can add AC onto those trucks and stuff. Yeah. But that's, that's not the whole reason I, I got the truck is it's like, it's super simple, easy to work on. Um, so it's kind of nice though. Cause being able to add things like that and work on what's there. It's, it's, I'm able to do almost all the work myself. Yeah. That's what I didn't work on the transmission myself. Cause that's. Don't want to deal with transmissions. It sucks. But I fucking hate transmissions. But like, I mean, everything. It's just, it's super simple. I'm probably gonna get an oscillating fan. I, so the <laughs> cigarette lighter in the truck did not work. So I bought a new cigarette lighter the other day. Just haven't installed it yet. So I'm gonna do it's a power port actually, not a cigarette. Well, I guess. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because most people yeah. are probably saying the cigarette lighter. What are you talking about? A cigarette yeah. lighter? You, and you're actually, talking about the power, yeah. the the power. Adapter and it did, it did the power, the power it had came with the cigarette lighter thing, but. Yeah. Do they not um, anymore? No, you can't. You, yeah, you don't get a cigarette lighter in cars anymore. Yeah, you have to, that's an extra to pay for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all they're all power ports now. Um, but yeah, so I got one. I knew one of those to put in, and I'm gonna get probably get a uh, fan. There you go <laughs> to plug into that. Just to, perfect. Because whenever there's a breeze, it's not a big deal. But you know, when I'm driving down the road and got my vent windows open, it's it feels good. Got the little floor vents open too. Yeah. Oh. Floor vents. I got floor vents. I got vent windows and regular. I mean, wow. It's it's top of the line right there. Uh, man. The I think that? we I think we GoPro. That the GoPro just uh, died. <sighs> Literally, it just <laughs> committed suicide. Just jumped out. <laughs> I can't handle this anymore, guys. Yeah, it's like uh. <laughs> it's so, still recording. No, well, that's good. Should it's we need to keep that footage? Oh, you you say it, it should. It fell out of the of the. All right, we have eleven minutes left before this thing dies. All right. 
Where, where are we at right now? That's the first time that's happened. 150. Well, you did have the back open on it. I mean, yeah, that's because it picks up audio better when I'm syncing together the video. It, mm. It's just easier for me to do that. Okay, I'm just fine. I'm just observing things. Yeah. That's fine. That's what, what you're here for. So we have a question now. Do you want to. What's this? You want to wrap it up? The next few minutes? We're hitting two hours. Is that to. Or, or we could take a break, replace everything in the GoPro, pause your camera, and then continue to record. Those are our options. Guests. That's up to y'all. I don't know how much extra content you need from me. I don't. I mean, I'm, we don't really need anything from you. I, mean, I don't know. I would always got written down in this little book over there. I mean, that was really all I had written down. I, I had Somerville Underground, obviously, but that's about the last thing I had written down to kind of touch on. To got eleven minutes. That's like. So let's wrap it up then. How did that come about? Some go underground. I don't know what you're talking about. Whoa. <laughs> it's underground. I get it. <laughs> no, it's just a bottle. You know, it's a bottle share that I started just. Uh, so that's all it was, was the bottle share. Yeah. It was a way, well, it was a mixture of that, but just trying to get people in the, who actually like want to try different things and want to experience a little more of the craft beer industry to kind of get them connected and. I like it. It, it. To be able to try different things that they normally wouldn't try. Especially with stuff that is pretty pricey. Yeah. I mean, we got a bunch of people that travel a lot, and they bring, you know, expensive bottles back, and they don't always want to drink a 25 ounces of a 12% alcohol beer by themselves at home. So they like to share. So when you got yeah, it's a great people crowd. that can sit around and share with each other, it's kind of fun. What do we need to do to rejuvenate that? Kind of spin it back up again. It seems like it's kind of lost its gusto. It's like what? Six to eight people that still show up? Yeah. If that there. I mean, we used to get like 14, 15, 16 people. I mean, what do we need to do? Is there something we can do to spur? Yes. Buy homegrown. I don't know if that's it, but. I'm not worried. Yeah. People get busy. Yeah. They know when it is. They know when we meet. Right. So I don't really worry too much about it. Yeah, when do you meet? No, we can't. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta can't put it out there. It's underground. It's underground. Oh, that's right. It's a underground. secret. Underground. Oh, whatever. I'm new to this. I only know because I work there. <laughs> I was not privy to this cool underground information before. I was gonna think, oh, I did have one other thing. <clears throat> Sorry. The two-finger rule. Where's that come from? Is that your rule? Is that... Uh, did you get to that part of the podcast? Industry standard rule he did not get get to that to the part. two finger rule yeah. I, have, I have well i have multiple multiple rules <clears throat> so but it is a two finger rule right like on so the uh, it at on, least at least yeah it depends on the glass so like we have and that's why he's going to yell so bad when he listens to the episode so <laughs> we do 12 but we do 12 ounce pours at, at homegrown and right. so every glass has a different size so most most glassware comes in 16 ounce sizes um so when people order pints a pint is literally 16 ounces and a pint glass which is not really a pint glass it's a shaker glass you can put 16 ounces of liquid in it but that's without a head at all like the liquid has to go all the way to the top yeah um but that's not appropriate because the head on the beer is important the head on the beer is where aroma is held so um, if you really want to be able to smell the beer, which is about a third of your taste buds, then you need to have a good head on the beer. 
Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did you just say? If you want to be able to smell the beer, it's a third of your taste buds? Yeah, so like... Smelling aroma, and tasting is the same? Aroma is like a third, of your, a third of your taste buds. If you have a cold and you eat stuff, it doesn't taste as good because you can't smell it. Okay. Same thing with when you smoke and things taste better, yeah. it's because it enhances your sense of smell. Yeah. People who quit smoking, okay. it's like they, they taste things for the first time in their life because they actually are able to smell again. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this tastes really good. It's like, yeah, well, you, cigarettes were ruining your, your taste buds because it's ruining your aroma. And right. So, okay. Um, and so <laughs> aroma, aroma is huge. It is. It's a, very, it's a huge component of tasting things. Like uh, you, if you pinch your nose and drink something and then – don't pinch your nose. And smell right, people it. do that yeah. with shit that tastes bad, right? I mean, yeah, pinch your nose exactly. and kind of suck it down. Yeah, because it's just the way. It, I mean, and it's funny because you can smell a beer, and a beer can smell bad, and you're like, well, I mean, it tastes better than it smells. And right. <laughs> and you see it on Fear Factor all the time. Yeah. You hold their nose and chuck down the maggot oh, juice or whatever. Yeah. And, because like I said, because I mean, it, it is. <laughs> I mean, there's multiple steps to beer. It's like the first thing is is the way a the way a beer looks to you. If it looks good, it's probably going to taste better to you. Um, if it smells good, it's going to taste better to you. And so there's, so for me, glassware, glassware is huge. Part of it, for some beers, yeah, it's just that sex appeal. It makes it, it makes it look tastier. Like if you had a glass that had mud caked on the outside of it, nothing like, if it wasn't on the lip, it was just on the outside, it looked nasty. It wouldn't taste as good because you'd be like, oh, that's, just, that's disgusting. I don't really want to drink something from that nasty vessel. But, I agree. But it's, I mean, it's the same with anything. I've heard the first thing, the first thing that draws your uh, attention to like somebody of the opposite sex is, is the way they look. Before you ever hear their annoying voice, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, think about it. You, you see somebody, they, they, they attract you visually. Then you get closer, and it's like you smell a nice perfume, and it attracts you even more. And then you talk to them. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, and if they and if they actually have, and yeah, yeah it's like, oh, hey, I didn't see that Adam's apple before. <laughs> um, but no, but so there's there's multiple steps into it. So it, into becoming attracted to to somebody, and so it's the same way with with, with anything. It's like that's why plating is so important to to chefs. You yeah. know, it's like. If, if, yeah. if, if it's just a plate of food that's all mushed together, it might taste just as good as this other plate over there. But the other plate, if it looks really sexy, it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, in your mind, it's gonna taste better. It's like being on vacation. Everything tastes better on vacation. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Oh so yeah, so, definitely. So, so, so for beer, so it's like first thing, it's visually, and then, you know, the head on the beer is important because that's where that's where a lot of your aromas help. Um, and so we we like to have a, a good head on the beer. Right. So you said it depends on the glass. So some yeah. glasses are two fingers, some are three, some are one. Some are four. I mean, yeah. Some are four. Yeah. Well, we, so like Ooh, a half Weizen. So yeah. Um, a half Weizen. Uh, you know, you want a nice hard pour on there. It's gonna get a good head on. I mean, the our half Weizen glasses are twenty two ounce glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. You do the goblet like is what twenty ounce? What are you doing? Was it a schooner? Yeah. Because it, it's, it's so big, I want to I want to hold it like this. Is what I was. Yeah. That's what I was going like that. Schooner. A schooner. 
Yeah, or it's a grand, and Libby calls it a grand service glass. You can have a goblet, uh, I mean. Which is good it's for. It's almost like a Bordeaux glass, so. The darker beers, right? Yeah, so we put yeah. our dark beer. It holds in good malty aromas. And that's like a 20-ounce glass, so. That's great. It's so big. Yeah. I feel like a king when you order that. Like, ha Right. And then people see the the head on it like this, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, I'm getting cheated, oh, man. Yeah. And I'm like, it's 12-ounce pour, and then when you put, the, that glass is great, because you also like especially darker beers. You want them to serve warmer, so you can fit your whole hand under it. It warms up the beer. That's what so I was doing. Good. Just good. Yeah, warming so I, up the I, testicles. I, 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 saw you were, I saw what you were doing over there. <laughs> uh, so that about wraps it up. I think that is where we should wrap. We're <laughs> wrapping up with the balls. Whatever. Screw you guys. Screw you guys. Well, I think right. we've said it all. I think so. Until next time, thank you, Caleb. Jesus Christ, that's definitely. See, I, I don't know what I don't know what you got going on. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Caleb. The first time. We're finally coming into the studio. Right. Yeah, we um, appreciate it. Thank you for the delicious beer. This Timberman's is going to stay with me forever. Man, it was that fantastic. Was, I'm going to go rate this on Untapped. I don't care what you say. As um, long as it's a good rating, because it deserves it. Oh, eight, I'm going to rate eight, it right eight. now. I got it up. To you and to everyone else. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>